Welcome to the Financial Planners Southeast Asia podcast, a show dedicated to driving the positive evolution of financial advice, specifically within Southeast Asia. To join a global community of financial advisors sharing and learning with one another to drive the positive evolution of financial advice, head to xyadvisor.com. Welcome to another episode of the Financial Advisor Southeast Asian Podcast. Gwen here, and today I have a financial advisor from Malaysia. She is a licensed financial or certified financial advisor. She is she also holds the Capital Market Services Representatives License. And aside from that, she is also a certified results coach. So I'm really excited to talk to her about all of these things. Please help me welcome Selena Dang. Hello, Selena. Hi, Gwen. All right. And uh, thank you so much for being here in the podcast. Um, I really uh, love to hear about all of the things that. Um, that you have to um, offer to us in terms of knowledge, because you have been in the um, in the industry for for quite some time. So I wanted to to ask, by the way, or I just want to start this podcast by asking, like, how long have you been in the industry? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, it's my privilege, Gwen, to be speaking to you today. Yeah. Yes. Uh, when you talk about the financial uh, planning industry, I've actually got my financially uh, financial planning license in 2015. That will be my CMSRL. So that will be about say six years now. Oh, that's and, right. But before that, um, you have been like in the in the field of financial services for for a while right because i know in malaysia you have to be or you have to have experience in a certain financial role before you can become a financial advisor yeah um actually i was the director of a healthcare facility mm. so at that point of time um i was like basically responsible for the daily running of the company so main, uh, mainly you know management issues and financials taxes and all that but that was from uh company's uh level yeah that's and right so mm-hmm. you started there in in like a a company how did you yeah, how did you get into financial advice? I think it all started um, as part of my personal development. Mm. And um, the subject of personal finances, or you know, it actually came about as um, I was regularly planning you know, and trying to optimize my family's um, financial situation. Um, and looking back, I actually um, think was that at that point, I was approached by different people. And they were insurance agents. We call them agents here, or some people would actually call them financial um, advisors, like insurance advisors. Um, you have our unit unit trust agents, you know, tax advisors, and so on. And each of them, they were like selling their own products and services. You know, um, they were like individuals, and I ended up with this huge pile of quotations, you know, investment fact sheets, and so on to digest. And um, I remember then, you know, I ended up like kind of confused with the choices that I had. And I even spent long hours and long days, you know, analyzing and comparing the plans, the proposals and the quotations that were given to me before, the, before I even decide on what I thought may be the best um, decision 
at that point of time. Yeah. Yeah. So even as a director of this healthcare facility, I understood about company budgets and cash flow management, insurance, you know, taxes and so on. And um, I was also um, investing a lot of time um, to do my own investments. Okay. However, I noticed that being able to integrate all this um, money management and investing with the other areas of my financial situation at that time, such as like insurance and personal taxes and um, planning for my children's education funds for my you know retirement planning, estate planning and so on. And to find the most effective mix, that was the real challenge to me. How I were to integrate all these things into one whole big bundle. Yeah. I came from a humble background, you know. Um, we were huge savers and we had also constantly worry about like money was never enough, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. And um, at that point, there was a lot of fear and limiting beliefs when it came to money, you know, whether I was doing, making the right decisions, you know, whether I was um, kind of like going down the right road, you know. And um, I think it all stemmed with the fact, from the fact that I didn't understand the idea of a wholesome financial plan back then. Mm. Yeah. And so how did I get into advice? I think it was then uh, in my quest to learn more about personal finance, a close friend of mine who is a certified financial planner and she understood what I was going through. You know? So we were having sort of like um, talk, you know, discussion. I was like constantly telling her all these problems that I had. And she said, hey, you know, um, why don't you, you go and... Uh, register you know for the certified financial planning program okay because whatever you know the gap that i see you know the problem that i see that you have okay is actually can it can be solved by a, a certified financial planner and that's where things just took off from there and that's how i got into advice oh nice so in the quest for like learning more and trying to figure things out with with how with a plethora basically of That's like right. the things that we need to take care of in our finances you became a financial advisor did you um did you foresee yourself like staying in the industry for a long time Yes, in fact, I do see myself in industry in fact um I researched deeply on personal finance. And I even completed a doctoral dissertation in personal finance and graduated in a doctorate in business administration this year. So oh, it congratulations. is thank you. And so this is sort of like, you know, a very um personal for me it's very personal and um a very deep conviction for the industry and for what I'm doing now, actually. Oh, that's wonderful, Selena. So like you really drove dove in uh, and stayed in in the deep end that is because um and i've heard this before like in the quest and may maybe as well for me uh, it's the same thing like in the quest of trying to find like the the best way to handle our finances we also got into the industry to learn more and also to share because i think that you you think of the same way like um, whatever it is that you were, whatever questions you had with your own finances, it, for sure there are a lot of people who had similar questions um, 
and similar concerns as well. So because you're already, uh, you've become a financial advisor and a few uh, like years, years passed and um, you're still here in the industry and you're, you're planning to do more. You've already had your, um, your dissertation. And I also read here that you are, and I mentioned this earlier, earlier that you have a capital market services representatives license. Is that different from the license that you get when you become a certified financial advisor? Okay, actually in Malaysia, um, we don't have a title called Certified um, Financial Advisor. Um, what we have over here is the title that we use, which is um, the Licensed Financial Planner. Mm-hmm. So we have a regulation board here in Malaysia called the Security Commission, Securities Commission of Malaysia. So in order to, to be licensed to provide um, financial planning services, okay, you need, um, for me, I, was, I am actually attached to a capital market services license holder. That is my principal. And um, when I'm under the principal, then I will be the license holder. Therefore, the um, the the um, certified um, sorry the CMSRL, okay, the Capital Market Service Representatives license. So we are actually a representative, all right, and uh, we are licensed under Securities Commission to provide invest um, financial planning services. Ah, I see. Yes. I get it now. Okay, mm-hmm. wonderful. And um, and aside from that, you're also an, an FAA certified training professional. Like, can you tell us more about that? FAA is the Finance Accreditation Agency, and um, in order for us to provide training in Malaysia to the financial institutions, one of the requirement is that we need to be um, finance certified training professional. So uh, with this certification, we are able to provide um, training services to financial institutions. Ah, wonderful. And so like, why did you get this type of certification? Like what are the benefits aside from obviously um, being able to um, provide training for, for businesses? Yeah. Um, the certified financial training um, professional um, is actually, you know, a program that we go through. Um, it's sort of like a train-the-trainer program, okay? And um, with this certification, uh, we are actually able to conduct um, financial education training. And um, just to tell a little bit more, um, we are now actually, one of the projects that I'm actually involved in is called the Employee Financial Wellness Program um, that is organized by the Financial Planning Association of Malaysia in collaboration with uh, BFM Radio. So this program um, will actually target corporates, okay? And um, it, it consists of our financial literacy workshops, for employees. Mm, okay. Cool. Yeah. That's right. And so there's you, you have more reach in terms of like helping other people. So you're now able to help large groups, um, employees of a certain company in financial planning. Do you right. get some of your or most of your clients from these these types of trainings? Yes. In this case, um, actually Primarily, I get my clients primarily through referrals from existing clients. 
Yeah, men who find, you know, whenever they find great value from my service, so they will actually refer me to their friends or family members. Uh, in addition, yes, I think that we, I do get inquiries as well from participants who attend uh, my webinars or, and, and some also from those who listen into my radio talk shows. Yeah. Yes, that's one way, yeah. Oh, wonderful. So you also, so yes, I'm glad that you mentioned that you also have, um, you also provide what if do you call it service? I don't think so. Um, but you also have a talk show in uh, through the radio. How did mm-hmm. you go about um branching to that? All this actually is because I'm actually a member of the Financial Planning Association of Malaysia, mm-hmm. and um, um, FPAM. Okay, um, that's actually the short form. Okay, FPAM. Um actually um, has collaborations with um, some of these radio stations. So at any point that, you know, when whenever the service of a financial planner or whenever there's a panelist required for anything related to financial planning, then it actually goes back to FPAM and they would they will actually recommend um, some of the financial planners to take up the roles. Oh, wonderful. And one of those are, well, it's, it's going to be you. And like, do you, like, how does the show work? Do you have like a weekly um, um, show where you discuss about uh, personal finance or financial management? Yeah. yeah, some of these are actually based in on a series of um, personal finance talks, mm. okay? Um, and you can have different topics every week, say for like about six to eight weeks. And we have different speakers uh, who come up to speak about um, financial planning, you know, about retirement planning, about um, what do you call that, about budgeting, money management, you know, um, and perhaps about retirement planning, investments planning, tax planning, and so on. I mean, the whole spectrum of financial planning. So it's actually so wide. And we we actually have um, different shows with different topics and with different panel speakers. Oh, wonderful. Now, I think this is um, an interesting question for our listeners. So you are a financial advisor and you also have a talk show on the radio. And obviously, these like services that you offer or the things that you do require um, some kind of confidence in public speaking. So as a financial advisor, uh, I think that finance... Uh, Public speaking is such a crucial skill to have, but I wonder: um, have you always had, uh, or or have you always been comfortable in in public speaking, even before you became um, a financial advisor? Um, in my in my capacity, in fact, I I started off before before um, setting up the before. Um, being a part of this uh, private health facility, mm. I actually started off my career as a lecturer and a trainer ah. way back. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So that's why it's really like normal for you and I guess organic for you to train um, to get like a, the training certification. Yes, I would think so. Yeah, so it was actually where I started, but it was actually where my career started. Um, I actually started in um, lecturing in the academia mm-hmm. and also in training and development um, before moving on into managing a company. And after which, you know, um, getting, getting being introduced to certified financial planning and I became a um, licensed financial planner after that. Ah, oh, wonderful. And 
it's so it was very like normal for you to um, to teach and speak and train and coach. But um, I guess I I wanted to ask this question because some financial advisors um, are good at speaking at. One to one conversations with with one particular client or even two, but they don't want to first like some some like financial advisors that I've reached out to don't want to like guests in the podcast because they're um, scared uh, to I guess to have their voice or something like that into the interwebs or they're afraid to go on like talk shows or uh, radio shows or even do like a, a training session with a with a group of people like how do you think would what like what would help those kind of financial advisors to explore more on these type of uh, or expand their services because I feel like especially right now, it's very um, helpful for, for your career as a financial advisor to have all these things. Yes, um, actually, yes, I do agree, especially now in COVID times when, um, you know, everyone sort of like they are on social media and everybody is tuning in to some webinars or some radio talk shows somewhere. So being able to... Um, being able to speak in public, therefore, you're actually able to uh, reach out to a much wider audience. Okay, so if you are actually thinking about branching out, I guess um, it is important to have the confidence to do so. Okay, um, just just look at um, try to do some self reflection on the areas that you may be weak, that you may be you think that you are weak at, or maybe you know the areas that you are not um, competent in and improve on those areas okay build your confidence in those areas and yeah you will fly right after <laughs> I don't see a reason why yeah yes everything will be well thereafter yeah like and so I wanted to to get our listeners um, advice from you because um, for someone in the financial advice sector who's doing well, who's been in the industry for quite some time and who's also because I don't I haven't encountered a lot of financial advisors who has um, gone into radio or to talk shows or um, training multiple or a a whole company, so um, employees of a certain company. So I think that it's very helpful to hear that, for them to hear that from you. And I guess, oh, okay. So going back to financial, to your financial advice um, business, since you're since you've been in the industry for, for quite some time now, do you have like an ideal client? Uh, well, I work mostly with senior and uh, C-suite executives um, mm. who are in their mid-career and pre-retirement stages. Um, but however, to debunk the myth that financial planning is only for high net worth individual, okay, frankly, I also work um, quite a bit with young adults and young professionals. And um, because I actually have this belief that financial planning is not only for those who are just, um, you know, who are high net worth, but it's, ex it's actually absolutely essential for those who are just starting out in their career, especially the young adults and uh, young professionals. 
So for this group of people, um, it is actually mainly for me to educate them, um, educating them on the importance of financial literacy and at the same time, um, getting them to leverage you know, on the available resources or tools that are available in, on the internet. Yeah, because I, I think it's very, and I think I mentioned this in a previous podcast as well, that um, here in the Philippines, there is that mentality too, like financial advice is only for um, for the above middle class or the rich people. And I feel like it's not, it's something that we have to ed- educate people yes. against mm-hmm. because um Financial advice is for everyone. That's why it's called an advice. <laughs> Just like any advice, it's for everyone and as well as financial management. So the more that you're in tune with with your management and I and some people even say that they can manage their own finances just fine. And I'm also one of those people for a very long time until I realized that I wasn't doing very well with with my finances because although I wasn't in debt like I also didn't have a retirement plan so and that's where financial advisors come in right like you guys are are the ones who help your clients see the bigger picture as well as the potential for your client's money that's right yeah and so um I guess basing on that like like how do you propose your um your or how do you position your value as a financial advisor to um prospective clients say that's right okay just going back to the point that you were talking about um you know financial planning is for everyone okay something just came into my mind you're like i too just like you gwen and perhaps just like many of the listeners in today I too, about say 15 years ago, you know, I really wish at that point that I had a fiduciary um, planner or advisor mm. that came to me and offered me sort of like a comprehensive financial planning solution. Yeah. You know, someone would actually, yes, we know our goals, we know our needs, you know, we know how to manage our money, but sometimes we need that extra person there to help us understand our needs and goals. And also to help, you know, to give us a hand um, in mapping out our financial journey. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and looking back again, I think that this would have saved me years of experimentation, you know, a lot of trials and error, Mm. and not to mention also the time and money that was wasted because I didn't make the optimal financial decision. I know, same goes here, so definitely... um, I think an, uh, like a very specific uh, example for myself is that I've always wanted to get an insurance policy um, after I graduated. But then my parents, because they had, they both had really bad experience with um, with insurance before, they would tell me like it's a scam, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was that went on for a decade. Until um, I finally, I actually married a financial advisor. So my husband, um, he didn't really uh, like in 
encourage me to do anything, but because he was very passionate about financial advice and he, I would listen to him like when he was still starting out, I would listen to him like do mock interviews with <laughs> or like mock conversations. Um, and he would also I would also become a guinea pig for him. Uh, mm-hmm. I realized that, hey, I wasn't doing like half of the things that he was um, advising to his clients, basically. So, uh, and that was when like we, he was still like my partner, he was still my boyfriend. And I realized like, hey, there are a lot of things that I thought that I was doing good already with my money, but now that I think about it, like I haven't been saving for this, like, I didn't realize my emergency fund was low. Like I thought mm-hmm. that it was good and all of that stuff. And I know some of my friends who didn't even have um, like a type of financial security in, in, if times go bad. And yeah. so I also realized like, hey, there should be more financial advisors who um, are willing to educate these people or, or yeah, or more people into convincing them that financial advice is really for everyone. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because, you know, like, I'm sure, or maybe you've been into this situation, like you felt like you were confident um, with, with, with how you've handled your money and then an unexpected event occurs and then you're, you've fallen off track. That's right. Um, Right. And so, yeah. So now I'm very passionate about um, financial advice and also uh, with regards to you. And that's why I, we started this podcast is I guess to help other financial advisors learn how to become better by like listening to this podcast and hearing, you know, best practices from other financial advisors, such as yourself as well. Yeah, that's right. So going back to the question, um, you <laughs> yeah, said that, uh, yeah, we got sidetracked for a while. Yeah, um, how would you how, how would I position myself as a financial planner? Mm. Okay, um, now I would I actually look um, whenever I sign on a client, um, mm. and we have our discovery call to see our match. Okay, and uh, when they are signed on, the first thing that I normally look at is I look at where they currently are, okay, um, financially and in life as well, and um, relative to where they want to be. All right, yeah, and then, um, you know, we will work together, okay, and uh, my advisory is actually what I would call the integrated financial planning service, and... Um, my advisory model is solution oriented and um, focuses mostly on the discovery and attainment of my clients' life and financial goals. So after coming to understand you know, all the underlying beliefs, okay, um, all the externals as well as the internals, okay, externals will be their numbers and so on, and the internals, okay, how they think. How they feel, yeah. Mm. That's right, how they feel about things, you know, what, are, what is their perspective about a certain issue and so on. Then we will look at the tools and whatever solutions necessary to formulate a personalized strategy for them to be able to achieve their life and financial goals. And um, one thing that I've actually learned over the years is um, as a financial planner, I think it is actually important, okay, um, in empowering my clients to make better lifestyle choices. Uh, 
because we can actually tell them, okay, this is the best. And for example, you should save up six to 12 months of emergency funds, for example. Okay, but in the end, it's actually still up to them whether they, they are willing or they are able to commit to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So it would actually um, also, as a financial planner, it will also, um, you know, we, we, we actually have to think of ways how to empower our clients to want to achieve that. Okay, help them, you know, I, I always strive to help develop a healthier financial mindset for my clients mm, so yeah. that they are able to make this well-informed life and financial decisions. Yeah, that's right, because you won't, always be there to tell them like no that's a bad financial decision or this one is a good one you should get this so i think that that's very important as well um, for a financial advisor to be able to um, plant the seed on to your client in order for them to have that uh something in their heads would click right like that's right when when they make or before they make a purchase or they before they make their own financial decisions um they can look like step back and say like um would selena think this would be a good um, financial decision if i go for this or uh would this be helpful for my finances if i buy this that's right that's right. So I think that it's not only about advising in this case, but it's all, it's all also about empowering them to make better choices. Yeah. And oh, and because of um, writing into that, like, do you offer an ongoing service for your client or is it like a three month program that you, that you do for them? Yeah. Or like for a certain period of time? Mm. It actually depends on uh, what kind of um, what 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 their goal is actually, because sometimes um, as a financial planner, it's actually common to take on clients and uh, write the financial plan, and after three months, and you know, there's no more contact or you know, no more um, further meetings with them. But for me um, personally. Um, I would think that a financial planning relationship sh- should be a long long-term journey yeah yeah right yeah so generally in the earlier stages i would think that um, my newer clients um, i will meet them every weekly or even fortnightly and uh, subsequently on a monthly basis um, just for you know we meet up basically to chat and see how they are okay how um how how are they moving towards their goals and uh, how is life okay and how has it affected their plan in you know in achieving a certain uh goal you know that kind of thing and um thereafter um it will actually be more of like um six monthly half yearly or a yearly review but very much depends on the client because sometimes you know they do need to come see us also or they have an issue that they need to sort out you know so they will call up and say oh can i can we meet up so and so um yeah then that's where we'll just come come on again and and speak to them and speak to them actually yeah and um and i think that you're absolutely right when when you said that you should have or ideally uh, financial advisors should have an ongoing relationship with their clients because, um, as we talked about earlier, uh, we are like the, or financial advisors are the uh, cheerleaders. So you're not only coaches, but you're also cheerleaders um, 
to your clients. Um, you empower them to make better financial decisions. But sometimes, especially if it's just like a three-month program, after that program, their situation, their financial situation or their life situation tends to change. Um, and maybe they they lose that empowerment because there's no one there to well empower them or to help them you know when when times go get down or maybe the the situation changed like this client of yours used to be single and now um, he or she is expecting their like first child and so that changes and it's not going to be the same program that you've created for that three months it's going to be different right that's right you're right about that yeah and so I would really prefer or encourage, I guess, clients to do like a, a lifelong um, relationship similar to, I would say, I would akin this to um, having a long-term relationship with your physician, right? So you, if you have like the same physician for a long time, it's a good idea to to keep that because they already know you. Um, they they know like what your allergies are, your medical history. And so it's easier for them to provide you with a sound um, medical advice. So kind of the same for financial advisors that financial advisors already know like your spending habits, your, your tendencies um, uh, w- with regards to how you spend your money or like when you spend your money, if, if your clients are emotional um, spenders. <laughs> and so you, you form this relationship, and you know their background and stuff. So it's easier for you to formulate a plan for them in case any uh, like situation in their life change. Absolutely. You got it right there. Yeah, right? absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I, I'm just explaining this because I know that there will be um, some stray listeners out there who are not financial advisors. So it's good to have, um, I guess, educate them and maybe hopefully they look for a financial advisor. <laughs> um, absolutely. If, if, they, yes. if they haven't had already. So yeah, and also, I guess, now, this question is definitely for um, financial advisors, specifically for the new ones that are out there who are sh- still starting out in the industry. Like, how do you acquire or how have you acquired clients who has become your number one um your number one fans, those who constantly refer you, their friends, their family. So how are you able to acquire those? Well, um, generally referrals from existing clients, uh, you know, is that when they actually find great value from the kind of service that we offer them and also from the trust and the bond um, that we have with them, Okay, um, going into a financial um, journey with a person is like um, kind of like a hand-holding, kind of like a, you know, um, a long-term relationship. So when when my clients, they, they come to the you know, awareness or when they, they realize that, you know, this is my perspective of how things work versus, um, you know, those uh, perhaps some who actually have shorter term views about, you know, a financial journey or a financial plan, okay, they will realize that um, the value actually comes from this personalized long-term and committed relationship 
yeah. that you know I give to them. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, I think it's the um, fiduciary services. Okay, I'm unbiased in my advices that I give them. Yeah. I'm very transparent, and um, you know, um, everything it's um transparent between you know the client and I. Okay, especially when it comes to fees and commission and the kind of um the kind of money that they pay, I think they are concerned. One of the main concerns is that and how transparent we are, and also um on the fiduciary advices that we give them, whether you know we are unbiased in the kind of investments or insurance or even estate planning service that we provide them. Yes. Oh, so I all yeah, they always have my inter- my clients' interest in heart, their best interest in my heart. And somehow, yeah, that that is what they realize after some years. And um, this is the kind of value that they see and therefore refer me on to their other friends or even family members. Yeah, that's wonderful. So because um, part of the like majority of the financial advisors that I've, I've talked to in this podcast is uh, or are already like years and years in the industry. And I think like 90%, if not all of them, rely on referrals now um, with, for their business. And it's kind of interesting because if I talk to or when I talk to financial advisors who are still starting out, part of the reasons why they find the industry difficult is because it's hard for them to to find clients who will trust them, who, yeah, so who would give their money for their services, right? So when you started out in the financial advice industry, how are you um, taking on clients? Like, were they referred to you at the start? Or did you have to, like, do calls or, like, call people or, like, have this list where you, you do cold calling? I guess I'm, you know, kind of fortunate because um, I, I actually know of some um, financial advisors. I'm not sure about planners. I think um, most licensed financial planners, we don't do cold calls. Okay. Yeah, that's right. And I'm actually quite fortunate because I started out um, as a full-fledged licensed financial planner, meaning that um, I was not um, you know, tied to any agencies or any, any insurance or unit trust um, agencies before this. So when I started off in financial advice, it was right into financial planning, being a licensed financial planner. So at that point, um, it was actually more of referrals. And also like what I mentioned to you earlier, um, through, through the kind of like... Um, podcasts, um, sorry, not podcasts, through the webinars and also through the radio talk shows. And also um, we get um, referrals from our advisory itself. Sometimes when people call up the advisory and uh, we get the cases referred to us directly. Ah, oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, so, that's um, you you already have like a, a different avenues in where you um, acquire your clients and I guess so. I'm sorry. I I guess I got the naming wrong because in Australia, so this podcast that we have originated in Australia. So there's also an XY advisor um, podcast for Australia, and this one is XY advisor for Southeast Asia. So in Australia, financial planner and financial advisors are actually the same, so they're interchangeable. 
And so I guess when I said financial advisor earlier, I actually meant financial planner. So I'm sorry for that. But I, I get your point. Um, so in Malaysia, if you say financial advisor, they're more on the like the uh, the insurance agents or insurance advisors, whereas financial planners are are those who are most likely not uh, attached to any agencies. That's right. Yes, um, we, we are actually called a uh, licensed financial planners uh, in Malaysia, and you actually need to have um, earlier, like you said, the CMSRL license mm. to be able to to be a licensed financial planner and be able to um, offer advice on the the whole spectrum of um, uh, on all the different categories. That yeah. is from you know from cash flow to risk management to retirement planning, investments, tax, estate planning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You need a licensed financial planner to be a licensed financial planner to to offer this integrated, uh, comprehensive financial planning solution. Yeah, and and I think that's wonderful because it means that um, the advice or the industry in general is heavily regulated. Um, in Malaysia, making it uh, something of a more, you know, trustworthy in terms of um, the way the advice is provided. Because let's face it, um, especially now, you hear like I've seen a lot of like quote unquote financial advice um, in the internet. And when you check out that person who's providing financial advice, like they're not licensed to do it. So if you follow that person's advice um, and it fails, unfortunately, then you won't be able to, he doesn't, or that person does not have any, how do you call that? Like he doesn't have, you won't have any claims to that because he's not regulated by a certain body in the, in the government. Yeah, that's right. Yes, yeah. yeah basically, yeah, um, giving out uh, non-regulated advice, and that can be actually quite dangerous. Huh? Yeah, especially in this Asian time where everyone access has access to the social media, and um, there are a lot of uh, investment gurus and um, you know financial advisors just popping up everywhere, offering yeah. us. All kinds of um, schemes, you know, yeah. investing, you know, yeah. in fact, in fast, in, in fast cash, yeah. fast cash, you know, yeah. get rich quick kind yeah. of thing. Get rich quick, yeah. Yeah. So we need to be wary actually with the people whom you are going to work with, and the kind of people whom you sign up with. You know, do a background check on them. In Malaysia, you are actually able to go this to the Securities Commission website and uh, do a um, background check on the person that you're gonna um, you're gonna work with. Because we actually have a registered register of um, registered persons and companies who are licensed, okay. And if at any point that you realize that you do not see their name there, or you know when you do a background check on them on the Securities Commission website and it does not appear, all right, then you you need to be wary about this. Ah, uh, definitely, because. Um, well, as we mentioned again, it's very hard to rely on the advice of people who maybe did not um, really study their advice well or did not have any financial 
background up until the time that they've provided the advice. That's so true. Well, Selena, um, I was, I'm so happy to be chatting and you have definitely provided ton of golden nuggets uh, in, in our short, or it's not really short, but in the context of like the day that we have, the 45 minutes that we have. Um, thank you so much. But before we end the podcast, um, I guess my final question is like, can you give us an advice um, for upcoming financial advisors and how they would make this um, this industry or uh, become a financial advisor like a, a permanent career? All right. For those who are actually just starting out um, in the industry, I guess um, the most important is to have um, the level of knowledge, sufficient level of knowledge to be able to carry out your duties and responsibilities. Okay. Um, work hard. I would say you really need to dig really deep inside you to be able to work hard and strive um, to achieve what you want to achieve. Okay. And um, it will pay off. Okay. Whatever that you you, uh, want to achieve, you will be able to achieve it. It will pay off all the hard work that you put into it. Uh, Thanks so much, Selena. And I think that's absolutely true. Um, knowledge needs to go hand in hand with with the will to to do the things that you've already learned so thank you so much for being on the show i had a wonderful time speaking with you i hope you had the same yeah most welcome glenn really really a pleasure to speak to you today ah uh, thanks so much have a good one you too gwen thank you bye bye